Howdy folks, welcome to the News Print Commando. I'm your host, Ed Moore. If you should choose to leave feedback, there's a variety of ways you can employ Teal Productions or News P Commando on Twitter is one way. Teal is spelled T-E-A-L. Teal Productions has a Facebook page. I am IndieMan at gmail.com is the email address with Indie being spelled I-N-D-I-E. Comicbooknoise.com slash Tango November Charlie. TNC is the website. And just another fanboy.freeforums.net is the forum. You can leave comments there. Now, this book, Adventurers Volume 1, issue number four, scripted for us by Scott Benke or Benke. Pencils and inks by Kent Burles and Ron Kasman is the letterer. On the cover of this issue, we have a full-color image of Sultar, who, under the auspices of Oneida, is casting massive amounts of flame. He is grimacing and crying. Um, I don't know if that means that it hurts him or in that he is taken over by the spirit of Oneida. We find out in this issue they enjoy that freedom very much when they receive it. So... Uh, one or the other or both of those is what is going on on the cover here with Sultar. Inside front cover, we have an uh, explanation by the editors about some recent publication issues with adventurers and several thank yous for getting them through the troubled times as they move from Aircell to their own imprint adventure. Now, the story starts with the five members of the Adventurers that we really did not see last issue. Those five being Koran, the Chaos Mage, Bladehelm, the Dwarf, Dekab, the uh, Far Eastern or Mid Middle Eastern Warrior, Argent, a magic user of some nature, and Saltar, a Flame Cleric, as you will. The other two members will come into play in a little bit, but we are rolling onto the front steps of the giant castle, the giant fortress, that the adventurers have come to plunder in search for a magical key. Now again, quick rehash, the two unseen members, Nightwind and Shadowlock, are sneaking in around back, and as of last issue, they have been uh, encountered by one of the guards of the giants and are fighting their way through that. These five are going in the front door as merchants. They're disguised as uh, two are merchants, two are the guards, and one is a simple priest tagging along to gain converts, says Koran. And this, this issue just shows that he is just, he's a nasty piece of work. It's interesting that this group of potentially neutral to good characters has just a chaotic evil leader. And, and they're okay with that. Uh, next episode, I'll be reading and talking about issue zero. Uh, I'll be interested to see how these guys all got together, which is supposed to be the story in that issue. Next, we have a two-page spread just inside the gates of the giant fortress. And we have drawings of the fortress with many giants around, male, female, and children. I think I counted in this two-page in total about 19. Giants. Now, the previous uh, issue, they told us how many males, females, and children there were in the report that Nightwind gave Koran at the um, 
ale house or the the inn where they were as prelude to this. I didn't pay attention and didn't go back to look at that. But 19 in these two pages, that's probably half or better of the total population of this fortress. So uh, 19, and then we encounter 20 and 21. So we've seen between 20 and 25 total people out of the, I think it was like between 35 and 40 was the total number. But the giant guard uh, says, hold, who are you? And so we have our explanations given by Argent uh, that they are the Varade brothers. Uh, these are our guards uh, here, who is Decab and Bladehelm. Argent and Soltar are the brothers. And then, as I said, Koran is but a mere priest in search of converts. So they pass the initial inspection of the giants and soon as they get in, the uh, the giants gather around the cart and start asking about the wares. How much for this? How much for that? And Argent is trying to heckle with them. Uh, so is Soltar, but he is spending more time skulking because of fear. Um, and actually, we find out why he is so fearful here in a bio that's in this issue. And I'll, I'll get to that in a bit. Just briefly touch on it. Um, and until finally, Argent, just to give uh, some peace as far as the proceedings, tells all the giants that everything in the cart, each individual thing, is a half silver apiece. That way he just announces the price and, and they can move on. So Koran is out looking around. He encounters a, another guard and asks uh, where the slaves are held. He says he needs slaves for rituals and he's willing to pay 50 pieces of gold for each one. And the guard kind of likes that figure. So he escorts Koran down into the slave. Let's see. What do they call it? Just the slave. Oh, slave pens. There we go. So Koran sees some humans that he likes, supposedly. Tosses the gold to this guard and he dumps it out into his hand and starts counting it. But immediately falls into an agonizing stupor. And we find that the gold has been laced with a certain nerve poison. Um, Karan tells us, but also the humans that are in the slave pens here penned up. So he frees them all and tells them that the only chance that they have is everyone to rush uh, in mass out into the courtyard in an attempt to get out. And most of them will be killed, yes, but some of you will survive. And so uh, that's better than the odds you have down here being chained up, correct? You know, kind of is, is how he propositions them. We cut to the battle with Nightwind and Shadowlock as they're fighting this cudgel-bearing guard who uh, they, they're having a difficult time with just because of the size. But ultimately, Nightwind stabs the giant with a dagger uh, that had been coated with crypt spider venom. So that's what she was doing, cutting up the crypt spider in the previous issue. She was coating her dagger with venom from its venom pouch, sack, you know, whatever. So they move on, continuing to look around. Um, Shadowlock does encounter some things, but Nightwind encourages him to drop that. We're looking for a better treasure. Plus, we need to keep moving. We don't have time for you to you know, go through everything to see if it's something interesting. We are looking for the key, and uh, the key is it, and only the key, and just focus on the key, and, you know, trying to keep him focused in. Cutting back, uh, we see that Koran has reached the outside of the slave pens with all of the former human slaves in tow. They rush the courtyard, 
And that is the opportunity for the other four members of the adventurers to also start attacking the giants. All of this as an opportunity to give Nightwind and Shatterlock the uh, the chance to find the key and get out. As the two sides have not been in contact yet since they broke up on the away side of the mountain. You know, they so that's what they haven't seen each other for going on maybe a day and a half almost two days at this point they you know the the one hand absolutely has no idea what the other hand is doing if they're even alive at this point so we see blade helm charging out with his uh battle mantra thar kill thar kill t-h-a-r-k-i-l which i assume is the name of someone at first i thought it was uh he's saying something kill but it's only one l and not two l's so uh, page after page, everyone is enjoying the fight. The um, giants, the adventurers, uh, the humans aren't really faring too well because they're not fighters. They didn't have weapons. They're kind of like grapes under the feet of the giants, pretty much. We get to Soltar. He starts um, praying to his god, Oneida. And his reaction here, this is where we find out that Oneida um, kind of has a good time being released because... Soltar is laughing and then suddenly cries out, Brothers, spirits who forged these mountains with fire and stone, wake from your timeless slumber as uh, it, Oneida entreats other gods of its pantheon, I suppose, to do something. Uh, Soltar finishes up, And hurl your dark fires hither! And there's a, a smile on his face and a magma eruption erupts in the middle of the courtyard. Bladehelm and Dacab are kind of put off by how much fun Soltar is having, that he seems to be having such a good time. Things are pretty much under control. Most of the giants out here, uh, most of everyone actually out here except our four adventurers, mm, sorry, five, are uh, down or dead. So with kind of a lull in activity, uh, Dacab decides he's going to run in and look for to help Nightwind and Shadowlock. So he runs in, dual-wielding his uh, sabers. He encounters, as he enters the fortress itself, a couple giant guards. He uh, dispatches them over about three pages. So I, I guess that's quickly. I don't know. But he, he ultimately does, uh, maintaining both of his swords. He, he stabs one in the throat early on. The other one he stabs with its own broken shaft of a giant spear. He acquires it when it drops it and drives it through its belly. I feel no hate. There is only honor and glory for those who dance the dance of life and death. He entreats as he runs deeper into the fortress here. He also utters a quick prayer. God of my ancestors, guide these feet on their appointed path. So he is apparently uh, as well a, a religious follower of, of some sort, some nature. Cut to Nightwind and Shadowlock as they're looking around, uh, still continuing to try to find the key. Shadowlock now has a uh, bag that he has found some treasures and put in. So he's carrying those around a little bit encumbered. Uh, with what's going on outside, particularly from Sultar, the fortress, which was not in the best of shape to begin with, is starting to to shamble out uh, fire, uh, brimstone, lava, magma. You know, all those things are starting to infiltrate various portions of the fortress. Roofs are collapsing. Uh, walls are falling in. All the while, Nightwind and Shadowlock are trying to avoid all of this destruction while still searching for a key that they don't seem to be able to find. 
till finally they run into this one room and uh, speaking to each other, Shadowlock, nothing, uh, Nightblade, excuse me, Nightwind, we might not have time to find the key, Shadowlock. And then a voice says, perhaps you should ask Sigurd. And we see here a giant, uh, perhaps the leader slash king of the giants here. He's holding a big, wicked-looking sword. Uh, and in the other hand, he's holding a magic key that, truth be told, looks to be about the size of one of our human adventurers, to be honest with you. So I'm not sure how exactly that works. Because they do acquire it, but... I don't see it again this size. It's only this size when Sigurd is holding it. But then again, it is a magic key. So perhaps that's one of the keys to a magic key is it can it be any size. I, okay, we'll go with that. Shadowlock uh, shouts out, come on, furball. I don't have all day. So the two humans attack uh, the giant fairly well as we're going back and forth. Ultimately, though, Shadowlock falls as the giant pummels him with its fist leaving only Nightwind, who moves in for the attack. But suddenly, the giant falls over dead as uh, DeKob has found them and dispatches this last uh, giant, the uh, giant Sigurd here. Nightwind picks up the key, which is on a, on a chain around the giant's neck, apparently. And it looks to be about as big as her forearm uh, in length. So a little reduced in size from what it was when Sigurd was holding it. So now DeKob, Nightwind, and Shadowlock run out of the fortress into the courtyard and find on the far side of the courtyard, Soltar, Argent, Bladehelm, and Koran are there basically just waiting for them. Soltar still having a really, really good time channeling Oneida until Bladehelm throws a rock and hits him in the head, knocking him out. So they pick him up, carry him out. Um, everybody is, is out free and clear. We have an epilogue here. We're told deep in the Southlands, in the heart of the Temple of Akurus. We see that Thanatos 29, uh, who was the dude that Koran spoke to, is speaking in a scrying device, almost like a scrying flame, to Belger, the mouth of Baal on Earth. And they exchange information about the keys and what Koran's doing and the legions attacking and everything. The, the final um, exchange between them, the figure in the flame being scried, if that's a word. He has agreed to our terms, Thanatos. And Thanatos says, then the northern kingdoms are ours. And that's an inset into an overall one-page panel where we see... King Terrace rubbing his hands together, saying, no, the northern kingdoms are mine, which makes me think that uh, Tharkil and not Tharkil, Terrace and Belger are one in the same. Uh, but we I, I think I can safely say that. Then we have a two page spread text prose on the left uh, full page uh spread on the right full page panel and it is the bio for Dekab El Fakir 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 uh, our Middle Eastern uh, reminiscent character and then full page single panel on the left text on the right prose for Sultar and uh, interesting in this is 
the final paragraph that tells us from that point onward, Oneida visited Saltar nightly and revealed the tortures that it would inflict upon the mage upon his death. These scenes of terror have reduced a man, already timid and fearful, into a whimpering coward. He now cringes at every sign of danger as it may lead to his demise and thus eternal unbearable torment. So that's why he's such a fraidy cat, is he's utterly afraid to die. Not that any of us really are looking forward to it, but the tortures that he will have when he dies, he is not looking forward to. Letters page. Uh, two pages, right hand, and then the proceeding left-hand page for catalog of comics available from Direct Comics. Inside back cover, the list of books um, that was in the front side of the front cover for last issue. And those are Adventurers 4 and 0 and Reprint of 1, Elf Warrior 1, Adventurers 5, and Ninja Elite 1. And then the back cover is once again that same ad for the uh, Adventurers 0 with the cover and then the little blurb down here telling you to be sure to order because it will ship during the holiday season and everybody will be wanting it. So... Um, I have uh, been reading these little text bios for the characters. I haven't really been talking about them on the show because it's quite a bit of words and I don't want to read it or anything. But that's uh, a flavor text for the story. You know, I'm, I'm interested in, in talking to you guys about the story. Um, absolutely. I hope that you're interested enough to look around and try to find copies of these adventurers. Um, I have seen copies on and off at the different cons that I have been to. I don't think I have really ever seen them in any back issue bins for actual comic stores that I have been to, but I know that they're out there. Uh, as I said at some point, last episode, a couple episodes ago, I got these from uh, my comic shop for two bucks a piece. So a lot of these 1980s uh, companies, black and white, short run books, they're two to three bucks on my comic shop if they have them. Uh, and it's kind of a hit and miss, but most of them that they, they do have. So they're they're pretty easy to get for nominal prices if that's what you guys are wanting to do. All right. Uh, next episode is Adventures Volume 1, Number Zero, which will be the story of how all of these disparate characters got together. And that also will probably be the final episode for this first year of the Newsprint Commando. So uh, it's been fun. Take a little break over the holiday season and probably get back to it. I, I certainly have many more comics that I want to read. And talking about them on the podcast is an excellent reason to finally sit down and read the books that I have. We all have that problem, don't we? That huge stack of, I will get to it when... Well, this is giving me the motive, uh, more so than just myself, to get to that freedom stack. So thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate your help in that. I hope you find this entertaining. I'll talk to you guys again next time. Ciao.